Hey there, it's Erica and Steph, and this is Sit Back and Listen. We're back with another episode, episode four, talking about Broadway, specifically representation on Broadway, which we'll go a little bit more into later. But a lot has happened. COVID shut down Broadway for a very long time. And that was really like a bonding moment for us when Broadway was open. I can't say that I'd seen that many Broadway shows. Steph has seen... I How feel many like, have I seen? I don't know. I remember you had like a something? binder with all of that. I do have two binders filled with playbills. I don't know how many like individual shows I've seen, but like... Because mm. like Wicked, I've seen like 15 times, you know? But like Wicked plus this, I think I've seen like 30-something. Yeah, a lot. I've gotten lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, amazing because I feel like I learned so much about Broadway when we get to go. Um, But the first time that we went back was 54 Below, which, if no one has ever gone, highly recommend. I feel like it's a great in-between in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, if you kind of think you want to go to Broadway but you're not sure... It's a more intimate experience and mm-hmm. like food. And I really like that one. What is it? Oh, the, the plantain chips mm-hmm, with the with guac. guac. So good. Definitely recommend. Yeah. It's a cabaret style like seating moment, but it's called 54 Below because it's on 54th Street, like underneath. You go down these steps and there's a stage and a whole seating area. But even if you are like more accustomed to like Broadway, the cool thing is, if you have, like, your favorites, they tend to, like, go and perform there. So you have, like, an intimate set where, like, I'm a table away from Rachel Tucker. In this case, we were, like, I don't know how this happened. I didn't buy these seats, but we were placed in the priority seats Yeah. for Carrie St. Louis, who I knew from Wicked, who you know from, like, life. Because, <laughs> because you she's know. My best yeah. friend. <laughs> But she's amazing, and she's also, like, just so cute. Well, what was so interesting about that time that we went is we, so it was kind of like a shared booth type of situation. Yeah. And so we sat next to these two, I think they were still in college, college students? Yeah, they were graduating. They were seniors. We still follow each other on Instagram. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Well, we started talking to them, like, you know, just as we were about, to, we were ordering like dinner or like whatever. And it turns out that this girl is actually one of Carrie's students from taking like vocal lessons. Mm-hmm. And so you both had like a connection to Carrie because you've been like her biggest fan since forever <laughs> because I, I used to live outside of the Gershwin Theater. <laughs> I lived at the stage door. But it was really great. It was one of those things that like makes you realize how close of a community mm-hmm. it is, whether you're on broad like it's so rare, you know, like obviously movies, celebrities, like you don't know the celebrity in a movie. Right. But on Broadway, like there's this closer connection where like I feel like they take the time to really know who attends the shows and be part of it. And the fact that you and this other girl were able to kind of bond over, over Carrie and, you know, follow each other on Instagram and like still mm-hmm. like shout out to Chloe. Yeah. Shout out to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> like it was really cool. And like, we did have an opportunity, like they opened up Broadway and we got a yeah. chance to go 
see Waitress, which mm-hmm. was a really great show. I did enjoy it. I don't know if it's like my number. I thought it would be your favorite show ever. Mm-hmm. Just because Erica loves a country song. <laughs> like, I do. And it's very much so like, I mean, it takes place in like the South, right? Or like, she's a Southern woman. And it's like about like. a like, rural place. Yeah, yeah. Like coming of self, woman empowerment story. Mm-hmm. From, like, three different lenses, because, like, the three, quote-unquote, main characters go through very different stuff, but I like Waitress. It was never my favorite. That show was funny, because I always get a glass of wine at the shows, because I like to keep the cup as, like, a souvenir. And in the middle of the show, which I never do, I, like, got up to go to the bathroom. If you're listening and eating, take a break, turn off the volume. I went down to the bathroom and projectile vomit. Okay, the craziest thing is I didn't know this until the end of the show because you just like, I just thought you went to use a restroom. Like you didn't, you didn't say anything. I didn't smell anything. I don't know. Like I just had no idea. And then when you told me, I was like, what? Yeah, I would like to apologize to the theater and to the woman who walked into that bathroom right after me. There's something um, different in their drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got to see Waitress, which is really cool. And most recently, I got to see Moulin Rouge with our mm-hmm. friends Will and Adam. And that was cute. I never saw the original Moulin Rouge, so I didn't know that they incorporated pop songs of the time. So when the lead in this was singing about how sad she is and she began to sing Firework by Katy Perry, I was a little taken aback. <laughs> it was giving glee. It was mm-hmm. like not... My preferred way of approaching a show, but Aaron Savey is still starring in it, and I love him to death. If you've seen the movie Les Mis, he's Andros, like the oh. flowy blonde guy who yeah, leads the revolution. Yeah. Huge fan. So it was cute. I saw pictures of when you posted that, and the like set looked Gorgeous. amazing. Oh yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, I feel like that was probably a big investment, but. Mm-hmm. We also saw the Dear Evan Hansen movie, mm-hmm. which came out this year. How did you feel about it? I didn't, like, love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think, like, it's one of those things where it's really hard to captivate emotion on screen the same way as Broadway. Or maybe, I don't know. I I struggled. I loved the Broadway show so much. Mm-hmm. And we had seen it. I think I'd seen it with you twice. Yeah. And both of the leads had a different way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And for the movie, I think I had such high expectations because it was... Ben Platt. Yeah, and he was the one who wrote it, and he was the one... He didn't write it. He was just the first original Evan. Oh, he didn't write it? Mm Mm-mm. Hmm. I always... (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Everyone has their limits. Come on, Ben. He was... But that's... He had, like... He got nominated, I'm pretty sure, when oh, he the was movie? the lead. For the lead? Hell yeah. Because yeah. he's just uh, amazing. I don't think the movie did him justice. Because yeah. the first time I ever watched Jeff Hansen wasn't on stage. I couldn't get tickets to it when he was in it. Mm-hmm. I watched it bootleg on YouTube. And I cried like crazy in my room. Like, he is so good. But like... I wonder if we would feel differently about the movie if we hadn't seen the show beforehand because mm. knowing like the plot twist, like the quote unquote plot twist, adds a lot of emotion to it, but also just like you know what to expect. 
Also, he looked a lot older That's on my screen than he maybe. I think on stage they're a little bit further away. You can kind and of. And he like, was younger. This was twenty sixteen. Yeah. So yeah. I think there were just a couple factors that unfortunately did the wig. Yeah. What did just... they do with this wig? <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, you should check it out for sure. Yeah. If you'd like, but honest I... review is. Broadway show over yes, yes, the movie, yes, yes. even though he was like the lead and you know nominated for whatever awards and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But I would also like to mention while I have the chance <laughs> that Jordan Fisher is currently Evan. I'm not sure how long he's gonna be there for, but it is so worth going to see him. Not that we have, we tried to. <laughs> Erica and I most recently saw it on Broadway. When we tried to go for my birthday in 2020, right? Right before COVID really hit. Yeah. And I was super disappointed in the moment to find out that he was being understudied because I wanted to see him. Yeah. But Zachary Noah Pizer, who we saw that night, used so to play. Good. Exactly. He used to play Bach and Wicked. And so I knew him from that. And I knew he was talented. I didn't know he could just shake a room like that. Like, he is so good. And in my opinion, almost a better fit for Evan than the other Evans I've seen, including the originals, including the current. But, you know, like, I have so much love for all of them. But, like, he's such a perfect fit. Like, ugh, it's hard to make me cry if I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And because I agree, it is so easy to captivate people and to emote on stage. I feel like when it's on screen, there's some sort of disconnect. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but for me, like seeing people on stage like they're such good actors and that's why i love broadway like the swell of emotion and that sometimes happens just by their acting but oftentimes by like them belting and like i love a vocal moment yeah i'm a huge fan of like vocal ability i feel like you can feel it yeah the literally vibration. in your chest yeah i think that's what's like the music literally connects you like not just from like a lyric perspective but from a audio like you can feel the music and like you can feel their voices and i think that's what like brings it to life and has such a big impact yeah that just isn't the same on screen i know it's a shame and i loved your evan hansen it was the third if i were to rank which i have (laughs) all the shows i've ever watched in order of favorite to least it has been and i can't explain why but i mean i can't but like give me a half hour Wicked, then Hamilton, then Dear Evan Hansen, but has since been bumped down to fourth in replace of Thoughts of a Colored Man, which you and I saw in October. And it was just like insane, 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 insane. So unfortunately, the show has been, it's off Broadway because of COVID, but they were supposed to run, I think, through March of this year. But because of COVID, like I said, some of the actors have gotten it, yeah. whatever. So if you hadn't heard of it, I'm going to give like a brief overview. This was what was on their website. You're so um, prepared. I just wanted to make sure I capt- like, captured it in the right way. <laughs> I love that. So by Keenan Scott the second, one of today's boldest new voices, thoughts of a colored man blend spoken word, slam poetry, rhythm, and humor into a daringly universal new play. Welcome to the vibrant inner life of being black, proud, and thriving in the 21st century. This richly theatrical mosaic shines brilliantly onto these men, a light-knit brotherhood, revealing their most triumphant selves. Their vibrant and vulnerable experiences and feelings 
reverberate. 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 <laughs> okay, they do that far beyond the barber shops and basketball courts of their community. They reveal the deeply human hopes, joy, sorrows, fears, and dreams of all men, all people. And I never... Okay, full transparency, I saw this on Instagram, on like an Instagram ad that the show was <laughs> happening. I tagged Steph in the comment section. We should check it out. Never really read anything of what it was supposed to be about. Or if I did, I forgot about it. And it was mainly because, I'm not going to lie, the people who were like... Oh, it was not hard to talk me into seeing this show. (laughs) (laughs) The cast was beautiful, and we were just really wanting to see them in prison. So (laughs) that's what we did. I'd met one of them before, because he was in Hamilton. Oh, yeah, And he played George Washington, and he was amazing. But, yeah, it wasn't hard to get us into the show. (laughs) (laughs) But what was so crazy wasn't even the story... It was the audience. Yeah. I don't even know why beforehand it never really hit me. And I think I just like subconsciously accepted that all Broadway audiences are white. It was such an eye opener. And like it made you kind of walk in and be like, whoa, the audience was like 95% black. Mm -hmm. And it was the most beautiful thing ever because it made me feel like just proud to see representation in an audience and like it was a show that resonated with so many people like throughout the show Mm -hmm. we would hear people being like i'm like gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) they would be a great like they would just feel so heard and you can hear it Mm -hmm. in their reactions i felt like i was at church like yes. the vocal agreement like the amazing thing about the show like erica explained it's slam poetry for like mm-hmm. almost you know how lame sorry to bring up this white show but like lame is is full song for the whole thing there's barely any like narration or spoken spoken parts but like this is line for line poems mm-hmm. and just the vocal agreements with like points being made because they just go straight for their gut there's no beating around the bush it's like these are our experiences yeah. and it was like oh like walking into the show you go downstairs because you're like let's use the bathroom mm-hmm. i didn't need to share that part but then we were downstairs <laughs> and where they have like drinks and they sell like all the trinket like the what is it called merch memorabilia <laughs> the trinkets the souvenirs <laughs> Yeah, the all the merch. They had do rags, dude. Like at what? I'm not gonna walk into waitress and be able to buy a boar bristle brush. Like that's what they had there, and like it was so amazing to see that this is what they had available. Because you don't consider the fact that there are people being excluded from these opportunities from these shows. Like they must felt they must have felt so seen. And I feel like Hamilton. There was so much representation in the cast that hadn't you know happened or we haven't seen on other shows but the fact that there was representation in the cast and the audience I think is what even like was even bigger like it was and you know what I really appreciate about the show and why we got really lucky too is they were doing like a sale on tickets like this is an accessible show as a show that should be heard by the masses should be the issue with Hamilton is you can't see it without paying 200 bucks. Yeah. Or waiting outside for seven hours, as we did. Like, 
a show yeah. for the people should be accessible by the people. Like, why is this exclusively for the rich and wealthy? Like, is beyond me. But and and it was so beautiful to hear like agreement from mm-hmm. the audience that they did feel like seen. But it also, it was so insightful to just there were certain things that like you just don't think about and the different characters, like the different men cast, like it was everyone had a different story they were in the same neighborhood but you could see yourself or have like even your feelings like seen yeah if that makes sense you don't need to be black to watch a show yeah it is a story about being human through a specific lens of a black man living in brooklyn the really other cool thing is all the characters weren't named like john or whatever Mm -hmm. i hate that i just picked that name they're called depression happiness lust and it's just like I think there's seven total, and seeing, as Erica just explained, all these characters go through the same exact event, say, getting their hair cut at the barbershop, or, like, playing basketball, waiting for a pair of Nikes to drop, Yeah. but through the lens of someone experiencing depression, through someone who is optimistic, like, he, the character Happiness was happy throughout the whole thing, but he has extremely vulnerable moments where he explains why he has to put on this face, Yeah. and... It, like, isn't just black versus white. It's people sometimes not feeling accepted by their own community because they don't, quote-unquote, act black. Like, what is that? You know? Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to tell someone that they're not black enough if that's what they are? They explore everything. There's... <sighs> I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> With love. There's this boy who played love and just... Oh, man. Oh, back. Okay, what was... The guy, what what emotion was he? The one who sang. Oh, um, I don't remember. There were only two parts of this whole show where there was any singing involved. Mm-hmm. Completely acapella, and his voice was just so amazing. Like you're actually kidding me. And the rest of it, like what I particularly loved about this character, love. I mean, he walked out on stage, and I was like, that one. <laughs> Eric and I were also front row. Yeah, which was crazy. Dude, you know what the other thing is? Jazz and I, my sister and I, were supposed to see it again. Like, Mm -hmm. I got home. I bought a sweater online, which I should have worn today. (laughs) But I bought tickets with Jazz, like, that week to see it, I think, a month later. Mm -hmm. But it shut down. Mm -hmm. But we were going to be front and center. Because I was like, we need to be. Like, I love being able to see the actors as close as possible. Just because, like... I like seeing people do what I can't and be really good at it and, like, enjoy it. And they're amazing. So, yeah. I fell in love. He's gay. It's okay. Not like I stood a chance. <laughs> but it was just, like, it. I was surprised at how connected I felt to a lot of just the emotions, the things. I think, you know, being... Growing up in an immigrant family or, like, you know, growing up in, in the U.S. and just, like feeling not American enough, but also not Mexican enough. And I feel like they touch on that, like, you know, just identity and Mm -hmm. how our communities, regardless of what community you're in, whether that's not even like racial, it could be, you know, economic. If you have someone who comes from low income and like wants to I think I saw a TikTok video of someone who, like, went to Harvard and then their family was like, oh, Harvard. But instead of it being, like, a good thing, it's like, oh, you think you're too good for us? Where it's one of those things where, like, no, you want them to, like, get an education and to progress. But there's these kind of different things that happen that 
instead of it really being that support system can sometimes bring us down. And there was just like, it touched on so many things. Highly recommend. I was bawling like a baby by the end of it. That's a crazy thing. Well, one, I hope I don't forget the second point I want to make. <laughs> okay. But one, I was amazed that like we experienced the full spectrum of emotion during the show. Like mm-hmm. Erica and I are very expressive with our feelings. But I didn't expect to laugh like crazy, to literally be gasping, be crying, being on the edge of my seat. Like, this was wild. And the other thing that I love about the show so much and why it's pushed itself up to my top three is because I felt like I didn't have to change my view during it. What I mean by that is I feel sometimes you go to a Broadway show and you kind of have to say, I'm going to be a little bit immature in this moment. I'm going to play along. I can, like... Lower my, not lower your standards, like, I'll accept vocal ability and an incredible show for what may be sort of kiddish to me, you know Mm. what I mean? But, like, I didn't have to, like, put down my maturity for a second. Like, this was, like, a fully me experiencing this show, and it's unlike literally anything I've ever seen. Like, it was just so good. It's all the reasons I love Lynn and Wilma (laughs) It was literally, like, just such an incredible work of art, and... When we found out the show shut down, like, I was so heartbroken because I wanted everyone in the whole freaking world to see this. And I'm so upset. I hope with all my heart it comes back. Yeah, I agree. Or that there's a new, you know, or that there's just more shows like this. You know, even if it's not this one, but I think this is such a beautiful start. Yeah. You know, like, I think being able to see... Not just diversity in cast, but diversity in audience. I hope that continues to happen over time. Yeah, totally agree. And another thing to look forward to and hope for is that the Wicked movie coming out is good. <laughs> <laughs> Most <I'm>, importantly. <laughs> I was actually so pleasantly surprised to find out that they casted Cynthia Erivo. Who, if you haven't listened to Cynthia Arrivo, type her name into YouTube right now. She was in The Color Purple, amongst a bunch of other things, but she is a vocal queen. Ariana Grande, I think, is the perfect choice because she captures that audience that desires a celebrity, but she can freaking sing, you know? Like, I feel like we're forgetting, yes, she's not the most clear pronunciation person in the world, but <laughs> she is a trained vocalist who can yeah. make that work. And I think they suit their personalities very well. I have high hopes for it. Something to look forward to. I love Broadway. We can make this go on forever, but let's wrap it up. Because Eric and I got two more episodes to record tonight, and I gotta get home. (laughs) But thank you guys for humoring us. We love you. And our quote to leave you with for this episode is, you didn't come this far to only come this far. Thanks for your time. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.